the show is here. Yo, our mission is clear. It's time to change healthcare. Have no fear. Today is the day. This is the hour. Together, you know we've got the power. Drop the silos. We're all the same team. Patients, docs, nurses, tech, and marketing. How can anyone be satisfied with the way things have always been? Yeah, we've tried. So join us now. Join the revolution. Digital health is the evolution. Status quo, more like status, no. Yeah, this is the healthcare rap. Y'all, come on, let's go. Welcome to the healthcare rap, where we are ushering in the future of healthcare and the status quo no longer exists where we are challenging assumptions about marketing and technology, and we check yesterday's thinking at the door. Where truth drops like an atom bomb, and knowledge flows like Niagara Falls. Each week, we challenge assumptions that have been holding back healthcare marketing and explain how we can do better. Join us. This is the Healthcare Wrap. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jared Johnson, ready to share some more provocative thinking for healthcare innovators and digital teams. Here on the Healthcare App, we believe that the healthcare experience has to change, and we're trying to do something about it. We can either stand back and let it take another 50 years, or we can jump in right now. And I think you know how we roll. We're not going to coast to neutral. We're hitting the gas. Come be a part of it. Each week, we talk about the topics that you need to know about and act on to be part of the digital transformation movement. We share tips on shifting the way that healthcare is experienced digitally and the backstage strategies for marketing, operations, and technology teams to drop the silos and stay ahead of the curve. We recently passed 160 episodes and three years on the air. We're now in season five, which is our quest to answer whether it's even possible to provide the healthcare experience that consumers desire. So here's what's going to go down today. We have the flavor of the week about billboards. Yes, I said billboards. What will it take for us to finally stop doing things that we know aren't effective? I'll talk about that. Then Matt Hummel is in the house to share some provocative thinking about journey-based marketing and other customer experience trends in healthcare. This episode is jam-packed and we have a lot to share along the way. It's time to dive right in. You ready? Let's go. Flavor of the week. What is the last straw? What will it take for us to finally stop doing things that we know aren't effective? Few things demonstrate the dinosaur side of healthcare quite like billboards, the paragon of a bygone analog era where their main competition for brand awareness was TV commercials that no one could skip past. You know an industry norm is bad when the onion pokes fun at it. In this case, they recently posted an article that's been sparking a lot of passionate conversation on Twitter and LinkedIn. So much, in fact, that I really feel like I need to read it to you. I'm going to do my best to do so without giggling. The title of the article is Effective Billboard Has Drivers Suddenly Craving Visit to the Hospital? And here's what it says. Praising both its attention-grabbing imagery and its tantalizing bullet point list of available services, local woman Cynthia Sutton told reporters Wednesday that an effective billboard along I-70 had her suddenly craving a visit to the hospital. Ooh, I wasn't even thinking about diagnostic imaging services, but I sure could go for a CT scan or an MRI right about now, said Sutton, who remarked that just seeing the billboard's photos of a small child holding a flower and a doctor in scrubs had really given her a hankering for an IV drip or even an overnight stay in an intensive care unit. I don't know how they do it, but ever since I saw where first-class care always comes first, it's been all I can think about. If there's a long wait to get a bed, hopefully they'll let me have a seat in the ER and I can just get a prescription to go. At press time, Sutton had reportedly missed the exit but was pretty sure there would be another hospital she could stop at further down the expressway. Close quote. 
It hurts because it's true. Billboards are cringeworthy because they don't take into account how people make healthcare choices. They represent such an outdated view of what drives behavior, not to mention how rarely they're done well. In order to evolve, we need to address the mindset that drives billboard spending and acknowledge what we're missing out on. Sifting through the threads on LinkedIn and Twitter, I'm floored by the number of people who still somewhat defend billboards as a tactic. The argument that's used is that there's nothing wrong with outdoor advertising as long as it's part of a broader strategy that also includes targeted marketing. But this is the exact mindset that can lead us to spend too much on them at the expense of spending more on data-driven performance marketing. It's the mix that needs to be addressed. You have to think, what's the opportunity cost? What are you not spending on? The pie is only so big and there's only so much room for sleepy, outdated tactics. Spending on billboards might keep the CEO or board happy, but at the expense of what? What happens when we stop considering them to be sunk costs and we start looking at what we can spend on instead, such as data-driven campaigns with proven ROI of 4 to 1 or 6 to 1 or even higher? It's hard to argue that smart marketers have been lowering or eliminating budgets for billboards and other stale branding tactics for more than a decade. If we want to be taken more seriously, it's time to change the mindset that just because something worked 20 years ago, and I put worked in air quotes, that it's somehow the best use of marketing spend today. Need to keep a handful of billboards up to keep a few people happy? Understood. But this might be one of those hills we're dying on. Fight the mindset of defending outdated tactics. Put more effort into identifying what you're missing out on and see how the conversation changes. Get started today. And that's the flavor of the Week. Hey, listeners, really want to, uh, I'm really excited to share who we've got here with us. Uh, Matt Hummel is in the house. For those of you who don't know, uh, Matt's the Chief Experience Officer and VP of Consumer Strategy and Design at Paragon. A lot of you know him from his work building up the, the agency known as Red Privet. Certainly where I first met him was in the Red Privet days, but uh, really excited to have Matt with us today. How are you doing? Good, Jared. How are you? Good. You know, that seems like just like a moment ago, but it's probably been a little bit since. Uh, how, how long has it been since uh, Red Privet kind of joined the Paragon family? It's been about 18 months. It was at the end of 2019 that we were acquired by Paragon. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. So, a little long. Man. Well, maybe it's just I'm going to chalk that up to this being a COVID year anyway. So, you know, you and I were just talking about how all days and dates and days of the week and times all blend into one. And I have no idea what's happening at any point in time anymore. So, yeah. So, let's dig into this. I want to give people a chance to get to know you a little bit better. We usually start with breaking the ice about just the latest awesome thing that you've heard about or you've come across. It doesn't have to be healthcare or work related. Sometimes it does. We we end up talking about Clubhouse a lot. And I only give that as a prompt because that because we've probably talked it out <laughs> at this point. People either have an opinion or they don't, and it's all good. So it does not have to be about that at all. But what, what's the latest awesome thing, Matt, that you have come across lately? Well, you know, I think some of the, one of the things we've been seeing a lot is... You know, you probably know that the Red Privet and, and our subsequent work at Paragon, a lot of it has been about really understanding journeys, uh, you know, customers have with with different brands inside healthcare and outside of healthcare. And, and you know, marketing has obviously taken, you know, this much, much bigger interest over the last, you know, several years in customer experience and how, how where's that intersection of how marketers market and also provide a winning customer experience, which isn't necessarily always directly tied to marketing. And, and one of the things we've seen 
is sort of taking a journey-based approach to marketing, which we think is a really powerful approach, both conceptually and in application, because it, it both give, helps you set a strategy that's contextual to where your customer is, and it also really helps you start to think about your personalization strategies and how you're going to tailor experiences for people as they engage with your brand. So how do you define personalization in terms of what's what a hospital or health system is involved in? I mean, I think we've seen a lot of initial dives into personalization being pretty simple. Personalization has been a bit more of a struggle than most people hoped. They thought the technology would be a silver bullet to that. And we've seen people both struggle just implementing personalization technically and knowing how to set it up correctly and, and have their have both their site architected correctly and have their content chunked correctly in order to do it. But I think we've also seen people just not always sure where to go with their personalization. And that's where I think this journey-based approach can really can really start to help guide people towards not only building deeper empathy for their customers and the journeys they have, but really understanding how to get that holy grail personalization, which is the right message to the right person at the right time. Which is kind of like the holy grail, isn't it? I mean, for all of our digital efforts, we talk about that. I mean, we've been talking about that for a, for a long time. And yet to realize how far we still have to go for most of us to be able to deliver in that way. I'm really curious about this concept of journey-based marketing. Tell us more about that. Like, like, uh, how did that even kind of, like, what are you referring to with that? And how did the, this idea kind of, the, this trend come to mind for you? Yeah, I think it really sort of stemmed out of the work we were doing in journey mapping. And, and our approach to journey mapping is really trying to understand at a pretty low level how people are having experiences with you. So in the, in the healthcare context, you know, we're really looking at it often at a, a service line or even a specific treatment or a specific condition level. And as we go through doing that journey mapping and we're, we're, you know, we're looking at certainly what people are doing and what touch points they're acting with, but we're also really diving into how they feel and understanding when they feel confident and when, and maybe more importantly, when they don't feel confident, when they feel vulnerable or uncertain, when they're just not sure they're making the right or most appropriate decision for their health or for their loved one's health. And we have noticed as we go through those journeys, the needs they have to overcome those, those less than positive emotions, the questions they have, they change, they evolve as I, as I move along. And so how are we thinking about solving for that problem, which led us to a deliverable we call an engagement plan, which is sort of a, a content overlay on a journey map that says, when they're in this stage of the journey, these are the questions they have, these are the reservations they have, these are the, the barriers that are keeping them from feeling successful, from feeling confident, from moving forward, and how do we deliver that content to you so that you're, we are, in essence, supporting you. We are that true trusted advisor, that guide. You're in unfamiliar waters, and we are there sort of helping you pilot that course. And by giving you the answers to anticipating what you need and giving you the answers to those questions, we have, I think, what is that sort of ultimate part of being a great customer experience is which is taking a moment that's becoming stressful, that's becoming overwhelming and removing it with facts and, and replacing it with facts, replacing it with confidence, replacing it with the answers. And so when we start thinking about journey-based marketing, what we're doing and how it relates to personalization is un- us inferring where you are on your journey 
anticipating what your needs are and starting to deliver personalized content to you based on that knowledge of what we are anticipating you're going to need next. So it sounds like this is different than the typical, I shouldn't even say typical anymore, the historical way of building any kind of digital property, you know, a website, a landing page, microsite, where the main process involved, how do we build the places? It wasn't what content needs to be on it other than like, like from a taxonomy perspective, you know, titles and headers and subheaders and, and the, you know, metadata perhaps. Historically, there wasn't as much concern with the exact content at exact touch points along the journey. And I think that's what you're getting at here is that thinking about that all along the way, not just once it's built. Okay, now what do we talk about? You know, what content do we put on there? It sounds like that's different. Well, I think the difference is it's less about building that property. It's more about building that experience and understanding that, you know, and healthcare is tough, right? I mean, healthcare is so many different experiences and it's so contextual and, and what people value in an experience in healthcare really varies based on the healthcare journey they are on. So we go from everything from, you know, a convenient care, urgent care journey where it is very much about when can I be seen the soonest or the closest to work or whatever it is to, you know, the most advanced specialty care where what I care about is who can save my life or who can save my loved one's life. And, and me, you're trying to play the odds here of actually changing my, my prognosis. And so when we start to look at that, it becomes less about, do we have the right content on our site? Because what we continuously learn in doing consumer research around healthcare is Consumers feel left to connect the dots. Even if your health system has all of the right information somewhere, the consumer is really left to try and find the thing that's relevant to them at that time. And so what we're trying to do is is take a little bit of a different lens on it and say, let's give you much more of a guided experience. Let's, Let's really start to understand where you are, what type of journey you're falling into, and again, really anticipate that given where you've been, what you've done, you know, maybe what interactions you've had with the brand, whether that's online or, or in a clinical setting, these are the things we suspect you're going to be interested in knowing now and knowing next. So it, it is really, I think, it's a different way of thinking about how we structure content for consumers. Hi, this is John Lynn from the Healthcare IT Today podcast. If you like the latest rumors, insights, and happenings in healthcare IT, you'll enjoy hearing my colleague Colin Hung and myself debate and share the latest happenings from the world of healthcare IT. Find the latest episodes or dig into our archive at healthcareittoday.com or search for Healthcare IT Today on your favorite podcast application or YouTube. When it comes to healthcare technology, we love this stuff. And we can't wait to have you join in on the discussion of everything health IT. Hey, this is Scott Burgess from Healthcare 360, the fair and balanced healthcare podcast, exploring everything you wish you knew about healthcare, but don't. Join us weekly in an open, transparent conversation with some of the biggest names in the healthcare business surrounding this one question and one question only. Had you known there were other options to exhaust and explore before you traveled down the traditional healthcare route, how would you weigh those options against what you think healthcare and medicine really is? For more information about Healthcare 360 and how together we can help transform lives, visit scotteburgess.com, subscribe to our YouTube channel, or follow us anywhere you enjoy listening.
See you there. It's kind of inside out from, again, the historical approach, which was build first and then figure out how to bring people back to it, you know, or engage with them later. This is why I'm glad we started with this in, in the conversation, the thought of, of journey-based marketing, because here, here's my context, here's my framework for thinking about this. In, in my mind, I've seen like the last decade, I feel like we're coming to the end of this decade long, maybe slightly longer than a decade period, where we've had to learn all these new platforms and they've come about as CMSs have, have evolved, as CRMs have become available, as marketing automation platforms have become available. And we've had to, you know, social media came about, responsive design became a standard. We've had to learn platforms. Like there's no way about it. But as a result, we haven't spent as much time managing how those platforms connect. And so we've been learning how to manage the individual platforms and we've created these silos of expertise around them. I heard a term just earlier this week that just made me grin. They call it a silos of, of silos of excellence. <laughs> you know, like that's kind of what we have created. And I don't think it's anyone's fault. I just think it's the way that things came about and evolved. But to succeed from here on out, like this next decade, in the MarTech space, we have to be experience-based and we have to learn what that means. And we have to think from the consumer's point of view, like the entire time, not just once the thing is built. And I think like that's, like this is the challenge. This is the, the thing now. We have to learn how to manage results, not just platforms. So we have to learn how things are tied together and connected. I mean, what, what do you think about that? Like, is that what you've seen? And if so, where do we go from here? Sure. I mean, I think, you know, technology gets us all excited because it has this promise of capability. And, you know, in some cases it really delivers on that. In some cases it falls short. But when we think about technology and particularly when we start thinking about digital transformation, you know, I think you have to really have a clear vision of what the experience is you want to offer the consumer, the customer, the end user, because without that, you have a lot of really powerful technology they may not be well integrated, but you may also, but mostly I think what we see is people just don't have a real strong plan for how they're going to work together and how they're going to work seamlessly. And, you know, and certainly in healthcare and other highly regulated industries where, where data and privacy are really, really important, these can be challenging. But if we start with what we want to do, and then we look at what we have in our, in our toolkit, we can start to identify the gaps and we can start to see how can we use these technologies to benefit an experience where the whole is greater than some of its parts. And you know, we were talking to a prospective customer recently about their digital strategy and their digital transformation. And in our proposal, they were finding a little bit of irony in that being a very user-centered, consumer-centric firm, from a methodology standpoint, we were talking a lot about doing analysis on on their processes, on their systems, on their data. And we got asked in the, in the meeting, well, why is, why do you so much focus on us and not on our customers? And we said, we think that's where you're going to fail. We can draw you a picture by talking to your customers of exactly what you should deliver, but where you're going to fail is you're not going to have the data. You're not going to have the integration of technology. You're just simply not going to be able to fulfill. And I think fulfillment has become the new gold standard in customer experience. So when we think about Amazon, you know, where they're winning today is a lot less on they have this incredible shopping experience and much more on the fact that I have this confidence that when I click buy, two days later, it's going to be on my porch. So we need to start thinking about how do we fulfill on experiences 
What do we want that experience to be? How are we going to fulfill and what are all the pieces we have to have orchestrated to make that happen? Ooh, I really like that because you know what, like this, this makes me think of another conversation I had just earlier this week about uh, with the health system. And they were describing how this balance between marketing and operations has to be there in play. And I think that's kind of what we're talking about on the fulfillment side, because in their mind, they were talking about how marketing has to know exactly what they're actually capable of delivering in terms of an experience because if they, they, they can easily oversell that, <laughs> they can easily create a promise that cannot be fulfilled. And then that does not help. <laughs> that just sets you back. Well, I think that's exactly right. Like people want to be, you know, people have jumped on the idea of being consumer centric and, and building these brand promises that they just don't have the capability to fill on. So there's this famous quote I like from, General Omar Bradley, who was, I think, second in command under Eisenhower in World War II, and he said, I might be paraphrasing here a little bit, but that uh, strategy is for amateurs, the professionals deal in logistics. And I think what we're getting at there is it doesn't matter what our strategy is if we can't deliver it, right? If we don't have the, in his in the, in the wartime metaphor, we're talking about supply lines, right? And, get, and making sure we have the troops there and the food there and the ammunition there. But in our world, it's can we actually deliver on that experience? So we are going to make a promise of being your trusted guide and your trusted advisor and being the person who's there to, to help you navigate, you know, for many people, what might be some of the most difficult times in their lives. But then when the reality is, you know, every office I walk to in the health system doesn't know who I am. They don't know who I talked to last. They don't know the test results I got two weeks ago. The content I'm getting handed by the nurse in the clinical setting isn't anywhere to be found on the website. You know, we don't, we aren't able, we don't have the logistics to fulfill on that strategy. And so we, we ultimately fail. And so when we look at, at what it's going to take, it's going to take a new mindset of not thinking about our website or our social media or our patient experience it's going to take a mindset of service design of how do we deliver a service to a customer and how do we make sure that that service is consistent and is in line with what they're trying to achieve is in line with our brand values and and is really seamless where are healthcare organizations right now where are they succeeding with this journey based marketing like journey based thinking at all where are they succeeding and where are they falling short well, I think the real challenge in healthcare is it's so, there's so many businesses wrapped up in one and, you know, so many journeys are so different. I think people are, though people who are succeeding are starting small. They're looking at specific service lines or specific services. Um, we've done some work around bariatrics where we've been able to understand, you know, it's a stigmatized condition. Some people don't view it as a healthcare problem. They view it as a you know, weight loss isn't a healthcare problem. It's a willpower problem. The medical experts will tell you it's absolutely a healthcare problem. It's a lot of it's based on physiology, psychology. And so when we start to look at that journey someone goes on, and, and it's also you know, it's also elective type surgery, we're looking at pre-contemplative, contemplative, as they go on this sort of buying journey of thinking about getting that surgery, they face different hurdles. And some of those hurdles are about the, the surgery itself. You know, what type of surgery should I get? What are the what are the uh, side effects of that? What are the risks of that? How long is the recovery of that? But a lot of them are, are societal. Like, how do I talk to my family that I want to do this? What's this going to mean for me and how I live my life and enjoy my life after post-surgery? 
So when we look at something that discreet, it becomes a little more practical to start to break that down and say, we can give you enough structure, we can build enough structure into this that we can market to you in a, in a more contextualized fashion. Uh, we've also seen it a little bit in services like labor and delivery, where we can start to look at the patient, we can start to profile the patient, we can start to understand things they might be looking for. We did a, a journey map around labor and delivery where we encountered patients who were interested in finding a doctor who was willing to do a VBAC or a vaginal birth after cesarean. And I want you to go show me the find a doctor tool that lets you filter on that. It just doesn't exist. So the moment this real scenario comes up in someone's healthcare journey, we aren't able to support that. We don't have the logistics in place to support that today. And so I think this is a, what I'm talking about is a pretty major transformation digitally and sort of also strategically for healthcare organizations to tie all the service delivery and all the marketing and all the content and all the customer experience work together. But it's one I think you can chip away at. And that as we, as we get better at it, I think we're going to start to see patterns in services, patterns in, in consumer personas and archetypes that's going to allow us to accelerate it. Well, what I love about everything you've just been sharing is that you you are not just giving lip service to putting the consumer first. I mean, this is very much a way of thinking. This is very much a way of building around the right touch points. You know, there are all the buzzwords that, that I probably overuse, you know, talking about touch points and experiences and journeys and things, but you are building those. Like you are truly putting that into practice and you are helping organizations understand the need for that. Because I imagine that conversation sometimes is like, can you just build us the thing? <laughs> you know, and, and you're having to educate and just help them understand the importance of doing this so that down the road, once the thing is built, they're not coming to you again and saying, hey, you know, why isn't this getting us to where we thought we were going to go? We get people come to us who want us to map the patient journey. And when we say what patient journey, I mean, they, they look at this as a homogenous journey and they're, they're really looking at the system level. And there's not, it's not to say that there's not work that can be done there and that that work can't be applied to some branding work and some of your brand level messaging. But the, the real place where we, I think, we have the chance to provide value and where we really change the customer experience is at a much lower altitude. And so it is a matter of being, putting that customer first and truly having that empathy and not just giving lip service to empathy because that's, I think, certainly become a trend recently because the empathy comes from honestly identifying with and understanding the journey they're on. And when we do that, we start to reveal these things like a data point that we don't have in our system. So we go back to our our mom who's looking to have another child and she's looking for this doctor who's willing to follow a birth plan in this way, we don't have the tools digitally that allow you to do that. And we don't have the data to support it. So even if I can go out with a user experience designer and design to find a doctor tool where the filter says, you know, willing to consider VBAC, then I can check and filter doctors. We don't have that data. You know, we don't have the, we don't know that, that which doctors that is. So we might anecdotally, but we don't have that in the system. So there's so much there, right? And there's so much cultural things in healthcare that we have to overcome in doing that. And I am not trying to in any way plot, imply that this is easier. People are doing this in really robust or significant ways. But when you look at the brands in the consumer-centric world that are winning, they are the people who are constantly getting that consumer feedback 
and and revising and iterating and you know changing the paradigm. You know, we see this like in e-retail where they're letting consumers report on how something fits. Is it is it true to size or not? They're letting consumers send in photos of them wearing the outfit so that people can see, hey, that person has a body type like me and it looks good on them. They're understanding. I don't think they're building those features from a brainstorming activity in a conference room. I think they're building those because they're going out and they're talking to their customers and they're understanding, well, this is what's preventing me from making that conversion happen. This is what's preventing me from having loyalty to your brand. And when they start to address it, they differentiate not by being better, faster, or cheaper, but by meeting the customer where they are. Ooh, that's a great, that's a great way to kind of sum all this up because this comes down to how are we competing? Like what's that competitive advantage? I love that thought. Matt, as we kind of start to wrap this up, any thought on a call to action? Like what's a tactical step that we can throw out there for, for leaders to head in this direction to help them start to understand the value of journey-based marketing and thinking? Well, I mean, it, I guess it depends on where they are in their maturity, right? I mean, at ground one, you need to start talking to those consumers and talking to those patients and and understanding where you're doing well and where you're not and where you're meeting needs and where you're not. And you have to really peel back that onion and understand that people have a, are inclined to tell you what you want to hear. And so you have to really use the right methods and the right tactics to start to understand that where their real values are and where their real barriers are. And then as you mature, you're starting to look at things like digital transformation. And I think you've been hitting on it, Jared, throughout this is it's not just about your digital channels. It's about getting all of your channels working together in concert with one another. When you start looking at that, it's, it's about looking not just at what your platforms are, but where your data is, how, what's your vision for what the, how this technology is going to enable an experience and where in non-digital channels do you have problems? I heard a great conversation from someone talking about, uh, you know, like bundled payments, which led to the idea of bundled delivery. So if I'm a woman, why can't I go into one appointment and see my PCP, see my OBGYN for my annual visit and have my mammogram all in one block of time? And the answer was the buildings aren't set up that way. You know, those doctors, those facilities aren't all at one location in many cases. So you know, healthcare is not only like dealing with with technical debt, they're dealing with physical debt and they're dealing with cultural debt. So these the digital transformation, just like the buying the CRM or buying the CMS didn't solve the problem. The digital transformation in of itself isn't going to solve the problem. It's really got to be a shift to consumer centricity. I love it. Matt, uh, how can listeners connect with you if they want to follow up with that and, and just uh, get to know you better? Sure. You can follow me on Twitter at at Hummel Matt, or they can find me on email at matt.hummel at paragon-inc.com. Thanks so much for giving us a few minutes and a lot to think about, Matt. All the best in what you've got going on. Stay safe, be well, and look forward to having you on again. Thanks, Jared. Appreciate your time. Ed Marks here with Digital Voices, the only podcast for Chief Digital Officers across all of healthcare and life sciences. Digital Voices is about the voice of the patient, the provider, the payer, pharma, big tech, retail, public health, really any part of the healthcare and life sciences ecosystem, that's the digital voice we wanna capture as we learn 
and break barriers across the entire spectrum. Join us weekly as we drop our pod. Thanks to Matt and thank you for listening. We hope you found some value in this conversation. And if you did, please, can you do me a favor? Can you please subscribe and tell your friends and colleagues about this podcast? Healthcare Wrap is a member of the Shift.Health Content Network. If you enjoyed this podcast, you're going to love the other shows in the Shift.Health Content Network. And don't forget to subscribe to the Shift.Health YouTube channel featuring season two of Now What? The panel discussion series about where branding and marketing goes from here. Go check it out at Shift.Health. It's all free and available on demand. Until next time, keep marketing forward. Thanks, and that's a wrap.